Ladies and gentlemen, you might not know this, but Cash Brew Coffee is the number one coffee in the world. That's right. You can get the prime time grind double caffeinated coffee. But let me tell you something. You can drink it all day long and it's going to, you know, quench your thirst, make you feel great, give you that energy that you need. But there's a lot of hidden uses with coffee that you did not know about. One of the uses is coffee is one of the best facial exfoliators in the entire world. Let me show you. Dip a little water, get the water in your face, get the water in your face, and then you just go like that. And you just exfoliate. Look how good this is. There's nothing better for your skin. But there's some other uses that you might not know about. Like this. You can use it to brush your teeth. Mm. And if all that fails, it's a great laxative. So refined, I got no time for no games. Ask yourself why would I make time for you lames? At all costs, cause I'm a boss. But break them off, yeah, gotta break them off. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Alejandro Stein, and tonight we're brought to you by Cash Brew Coffee. Make sure to go to cashbrew.com, use the code PRIMETIME for 10% off. But I want to start off with a complaint. Jimmy, why didn't you add the fart sounds? The export cut off, I'm sorry. I know, but why not add an earlier fart sound? Why are you wearing that I stupid hat? If you mess up, take off the hat. You can't be cool and funny if you mess up. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to add a fart? I, mean, I, did, I did add a fart sound. I got I did, why didn't I hear the fart sound? <laughs> because I the if export messed up. You added a up. fart sound. How? Why didn't I hear a fart sound? <laughs> I messed up the export Tim, Tim somehow. Tim Pool is a very important client of ours. He's not just a friend of mine. He's a client, a business client. How about this? We'll we'll tweet it out after the show, the full video. Well, no, and don't tweet out that one. Re-edit it and add one. more farts. Do you yes. understand me? I want a minimum of four farts. I'm dead serious. I, I did. <laughs> the original one had three, I believe. I'll make sure there's a Add fourth. another fart! Got it, got it. I'll do it. I'm so pissed off at you, Jimmy, and I'm extra pissed off. That's why I brought your freaking only successful family member. Besides your parents, they were pretty successful in their own right. But the other spawn of your parents... Joe VT Fishing, welcome you, to the show. You know, that sounded a lot like growing up at home, just Jimmy just getting yelled at all the time. Did he get yelled at at all? Oh, so much. He's a terrible person. <laughs> I bet he was a horrible kid. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was tough, you know. It's, it was, uh, but it, it showed me, you know, sometimes the best example is the wrong example. And your brother, listen, Joe, I respect you the hell out of you, but your brother, he thinks he's so damn smart because he went to Princeton. He, how gay is the Ivy League, in your opinion? You know, the thing is, like, if you look at the Princeton statistics, like 90, what is it? Like 99% of the people that go to Princeton actually end up being gradu like graduating. That's like the best, like it has to be easy if everybody's graduating, right? Yeah, I know. That's what I said. And then, uh, and, and we got to get into the show, but Jimmy, your brother, he set up this debate. So tonight what we're going to do is we're having a monumental episode brought to you by Cash Brew Coffee. Make sure to go to cashbrew.com. Use your promo code PRIMETIME for 10% off. But Tonight, your brother thinks he's so smart, and he recently had to debate a guy by the name of Jaronism, Jaron Campanella, who is famous for being on the uh, documentary Beyond the Curve that was on Netflix, a hit documentary, and he accidentally, they say, proved the earth is round. I disagree with that, but my point is, he beat your brother in a debate, Mr. Princeton. Why'd you lose to a debate to Jaron, Jimmy? Well, I thought we were debating the moon landing, and then you started talking about the firmament and stuff I just didn't really know a lot about. Is your brother a Christian? Do you believe in God, Joe? Sure do. He does, see? You're, okay, your brother, actually, we actually did a seance with an African voodoo priest's son, and 
This is true. This is true. This Show is Joe. true. This is true. And we had a bunch of issues, and uh, the like. Tricaster messed up. We had a, like you know our YouTube got a strike. We your brother reversed a curse with his Christianism, Christianity. Thank you, Jimmy. You're but welcome. Before he did that, he doesn't believe that Genesis, how Genesis describes the Earth, as immovable. Immovable. The Earth is immovable. That's what it says. In, that's what it says in Genesis. Somewhere, yeah. I, I, does it though? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I just know that they describe the earth as not moving and Jimmy, built on pillars. You're the religion major. You got to help us yeah, out here. They um, said it's yes. immovable. Okay, let, now I have to look this up, but we have to start the damn show. So let me get rid of them. Not rid, excuse me. Not rid. <laughs> we love our sponsors, but let me get done with this ad so then we can get into our crazy episode. All right, guys, it's 2024, and the time is now to start taking care of your liver. Why, you ask? Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with a fatty liver were 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those without. The American Liver Foundation says that over 100 million Americans actually have a fatty liver right now, which means many people are at risk. We throw literally everything in our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes, you name it, we throw it at it. That's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver has helped you with over 500 key functions every single day. And the time is now that you start helping your liver. We have a solution. It's called Liver Health Formula. It's an all-natural supplement which contains 11 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula today. And when you do, you receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to help you reduce those sugar cravings when you order today. So try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash Alex and claim your free bonus gift. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash Alex. Make sure to use that code Alex to get that free gift so you're not craving all those sweets. Because I know I'm craving a little macaroni and cheese. That's why I take it because I'm eating macaroni and cheese all day long. Mm. You like macaroni and cheese, Joe? Oh, yeah. Look at my body and tell me I don't like macaroni no, I'm, and cheese. We're built kind of similar. All right, well, <laughs> so let's get into the show. Your brother lost a debate against a flat, flat earther. And I thought your brother would be in a flat earth because, like, he was all into Jesus and all this stuff. And so what I think is, <laughs> I think they lie to us. Like, they lie to us and tell us that, that we evolved from pond scum. Your brother believes we evolved from pond scum. Do, do you? I don't think I really said it like that. I don't, I don't think we evolved, do, we evolved from one person, from one thing. Like, I, mean, I believe in microevolution, like a bird can get longer beaks, you know, yeah, people have tall absolutely. kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's obviously provable. That makes sense. But to think that abiogenesis, one cell just split, and then I was a monkey at one point, I don't know if I believe that. I, I actually I believe I you were a monkey in a past life. I that is abiogenesis. That is how it went. Oh. The primordial soup. Yes, we came out of water. You didn't know that? I, I don't. I, I, the fish got the feet. you never seen that? Oh, I've seen that, yeah. That, that, that's, 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 that's where we came from, bro. Oh, okay. I, I believe Dinosaurs, all that shit. Yeah, I believe that, yeah. The fish grew feet. Sure. And then a penis, because they went from eggs to a penis. Yeah, definitely. I wish I could grow a penis. Sorry after for the, laughing, After yeah. the fire, I, my, you know I injured my genitals in a fire when I was young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It's. I was rescuing. Yeah, I had to pay a lot to get through that paywall, though, so. Oh, yeah, I know. My OnlyFans. Go to it, guys. The way you get to my OnlyFans, <laughs> you go to cashbrew.com. You use that promo code <laughs> and you get 10% off all the OnlyFans. No, seriously, guys, before we start the debate... Go and buy some coffee. It's Use that coffee. code. It's delicious. I'm on it right it's now. And I'm fired up. It's twice the caffeination legal limit. It's actually illegal in some states. But guess what? We're going to sell it to you anyway because we don't give a crap. Folks, <laughs> you, know, you know the Adderall shortage? 
Yeah, we Casper got it. coffee, that's why. We got it. We can't say there's actually Adderall in it for legal reasons, but basically it's better, stronger, faster. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal methamphetamine style life, right? Yeah, just don't smoke it. Well, you can. <laughs> if you want, you can. We're not going to tell you what to do with it. We just want you to buy it. Once mm. you buy it, you can stuff it up your keister. I don't give a damn. Use oh. it as a facial scrub. You saw me do that. You choose what you want to do with it. But let me tell you something. It has a lot more uses than just drinking it. I promise you that. We're going to show you all those uses during our sponsorship with Cash Brew Coffee. All right, now we get into what you've all been waiting for. Tonight, we have Matthew Lohmeyer, a commander of Space Force, right? Com what, Lieutenant he, commander? He's a former lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant colonel, excuse me, in the Space Force. And we have Jaron from Beyond the Curve uh, documentary. Unfortunately, we're still waiting for Matt. I, I sent him the email to get on a little earlier. I don't think he got it. So he's wow, probably- Wow, it's so funny. You messed up once again. I know. I've, I'm on a roll of messing up. But I know he's coming on because he's been liking and tweeting. He has been retweeting. Yeah, so I know he's really excited. He's just on the original plan. So he should be on in the next minute or so. So hopefully. I should just eat this macaroni and cheese and just chill out? I think you should. I mean, you can just- I mean, we have Jaron on if you just want to say, like, what's up to him. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Arm. Jaron! The number one fighter in the world. Win? Can I get an automatic win since he's not here? That's what I'm saying. A forfeit. Uh, forfeit. If he's not here forfeit. in the next six minutes, that's an automatic forfeit. Do you understand that, Jimmy? I understand. Well, then the earth is flat. Then the earth is flat. Okay, so, Jaron. Listen, I'm not kidding when yeah. I say this. Obviously, you and I, you know, right. we agree on a lot of crazy stuff. People think we're crazy. But tonight, sure. do you actually think that you can freaking convince this guy a little bit or make him question the reality in which you live in before we start this debate? Do you think you, you really can? Or do you think he's already stuck in his mindset? No, he's stuck. Yes. He's stuck. I'll talk about it in my opening. But there's some people that are, you know, the indoctrinated ones, the, the educated ones. They're just too stuck. If you think we went to the moon... You're not going to get flat earth. Okay, well, before we get into all that, look, we got Joe VT, uh, Jimmy's brother. Look at this guy, dude. And I think his his grandfather, so your grandfather supposedly uh, stuck his finger up Neil Armstrong's butt before he went to space? Right. That sounds right. Is that right, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know the specific medical procedures, yeah, but he was, was Neil Armstrong's doctor. doctor. I'm, I'm sure that was, I don't know. I'm not was gonna... he his doctor? Yeah. yeah and he yeah. definitely stuck his finger up his ass. Okay, so. Because <laughs> that means that, yeah. That means your grandfather's You're gay. Right, right. You know, your brother uh, was uh, the most successful gay conversion therapy participant that Mike Pence has ever had. I hear that every single week on the show. And that's that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that until this show happened, so. Well, Jaron, do you think you can convince Joe VT? Because he's on boats. What about this? You ever seen a boat when it disappears? It always disappears from the bottom up, right? You're correct. But if you get a camera with a long lens on it, you can actually zoom back in and see the boat again, which doesn't make sense because theoretically, if it was behind a curve behind water, you would just be able to see water when you zoomed in. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm fishing the Gulf of Mexico and a lot of these rigs, you can start seeing rigs from 16 miles away. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that proves if you can see it from 16 miles away, doesn't but that- you can only see like the top half because of the curvature yeah. of the Yeah. I don't know. Look at this, Jaron. He's already says he can see stuff from too far away, and now he's like, oh, there's this imaginary curve all of a sudden. We can get him. We can convince him. We're right. going to convince Joe VT. And he, dumb enough. I he want this drinks Tennessee, and he dips Princeton. a little bit. Yeah, he was a football coach. So he probably has CTE, so we can probably convince him. I don't have CTE. <laughs> I didn't play. I was too, I'm too fat and white to play football at Tennessee. Your brother's white. He's not fat. <laughs> he didn't play either. You probably have CTE for Wow. <laughs> I probably have, have ever CTE. fallen on a boat? You ever hit the water really hard jumping in? No, I, I do get knocked in the head every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, you have CTE. All right, good. Proven. <laughs> Your brother has CTE and Jimmy has autism. All right. 
So is the Space Force ready? All right, now get Joe VT off my screen. We welcome on the Lieutenant Commander of Space Force, Matt Lohmeyer, with his globes that we're going to smash. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Mr. Space Force? Doing great. Happy to be here. Looks like you're ready to go. All right, fellas, this is how it's going to start. We're going to each, each of you is going to have three to five minutes to make a little opening statement of why your argument is correct. Obviously, Matt, you believe that we live on the spinning globe. Jaron, you believe that we live on the flat earth. So we're going to let you guys go first. Is there any, does either one person want to go first? Maybe Jaron, you should go first because I guess yours is the more in insane side, I guess, technically. Um, you know, yours is, you know what I mean. You know why. All right, so we'll have Jaron. He's going to start off with three to five minutes, and you're going to have three to five minutes, Matt. And then after that, we're going to go for about 20 minutes, just kind of a conversation. And then the last, like, five, ten minutes, we're going to let the audience ask some questions. How does that sound, fellas? It will read $20 Super Chat questions. Oh, yeah. And if you want to ask a question, it has to be a $20 Super Chat, and we're going to read those, and we'll ask Matt or Jaron what their answer is. Okay, starting with Jaron, are you ready? I can see you got your OBS already set up. I think I'm ready, yes. Okay, maybe turn up his mic a little bit, sound of Chris, engineer. I feel yeah. like Jaron's mic's a little low always because he has that nice setup. But Nice try. Nice try, Globers. Yes. All right. Look at all those globes. Matt's going to look. Matt's ready. Look at all that globe live. All right. Now, Jaron, the clock starts. It's at ready. Your time starts now. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, all right. Flat Earth is not for everyone because some people like being lied to. They like being told what's true. They like being told what to, how to act, how to feel. And those who actually look into this topic will reach the obvious conclusion that we've been lied to. We were all taught to hate Flat Earth. It's taught to you so that you stay away from this subject. Well, despite that ridicule and hate, the slander you might receive, many of us just don't care. And these are the people who think for themselves. Those who don't follow directions, these are the type of people that were not rewarded in school. No, only those easily indoctrinated were promoted and advanced until they got their astrophysics degree without ever going to space. They just simply mesmerized or memorized some textbooks and, in my opinion, became well-versed in the lie. Now, my opponent tonight is a Space Force, former Space Force captain. He's never been to space. He played space on a computer console, I guess. Same with the other 16,000 Space Force enlisted servicemen. They've never been to space. They're not going to space. But space is just a pretend magical place where Earth can fly 1.2 million miles per hour. And uh, as we speak through a vacuum, but we all know that Earth is stationary. We feel it every day. Now, to reach the truth of the flat Earth can be easier. It can be hard. You can either approach it with an open mind and the truth becomes apparent, or you can approach it thinking you already know the answer, in which case you're going to easily fall for the tricks and then walk away. Still believing in what men tell you. These great scientists have convinced you and others that they can actually polish up some mirrors and place them in a tube and magically see back in time, and everybody believes them. The same guys who say that there is no God and that nothing exploded and created everything and we're from an amoeba, they can even date rocks. So if they lie to you about things that we can touch and verify, to believe that they tell you the truth about a place you'll never go, even the Space Force commander, Captain, will never go. It's ludicrous. My opponent may ask tonight, why the lie? And I'll tell you, uh, well, number one thing is I can't really tell you because I don't know the motive. I'm not the one lying to you. But I can give you an idea, and that would be three things. Control to hide God and money. So the control, obviously, every country that's ever felt tyranny, uh, the citizens have moved away. They've gone away. They've gone somewhere else to where they could start a new place. Well, when they put the globe into play, now there's nowhere else to go. So what a, what a brilliant trick to keep us all thinking there is nowhere else to discover. 
And to hide God, science, as we've been taught, Big Bang, evolution, neutron stars, is an attempt to destroy the idea of a creator. When we look around, things are obviously at a designer, and science wants you to believe that they're the smartest in the land so that they can uh, keep the other. All right. And um, so, so let me press play here. You're at about three minutes. You so, still got two minutes. Go ahead. Sure. The last one is going to be the money. So why the money? Or where does the money come from? Let me tell you this. The uh, movie industry across the world, that includes box office, Hollywood, home box office, DVDs, Blu-rays, you name it. The uh, total on that's $90 billion per year. The music industry, CDs, downloads, Spotify, you name it, iTunes, streaming, Pandora, $27 billion a year. And the video game industry is $217 billion a year. That includes console, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, apps, you name it. So these are three pretty big industries, right? So combined, they come up to $334 billion. So what do you think space industry is at? Well, it must be less than that, right? I mean, no. The answer is it's at $546 billion. That's over $200 billion more than the combination of movies, music, and the video game industry. That's big bucks, and they're not letting it go anywhere. And as to the question of the shape of the earth, oh, and by the way, you could add the MLB, NFL, and NBA, and you'd still be way low. That's only going to add another about 40, million, 40 billion. So think of how big the space industry is. So I'm not surprised that a captain of the Space Force would come here and debate that because they got to keep this uh, lie going. Now, they're not, getting, they're not letting it go anywhere. All right. As to the question of the shape of the earth, one thing my opponent this evening may ask me to do, and over and over again, it's always asked by these Globers, is how something works on the flat earth. They think that that has something to do with the debate. Falsification is independent of replacement. Let me give you an example. If I'm running through my parents' drawers and I find an adoption certificate, dated my date of birth, signed by my parents and doctor, and it claims I was adopted on that day, well, that's pretty good evidence that I was adopted, right? So if I tell you, hey, look, I'm adopted. My whole life has been a lie. My sister's not my sister. My parents aren't my parents. Here's what Globers belie Globe believers do. Nah, those are your real parents. They raised you. And I said, yeah, yeah, but they're my adopted parents because the paper says so that I'm adopted, right? And then you would say to me, well, who's your real parents then? And I'd say, I don't know. And you would say, well, then until you tell me who your real parents are, then I'm not going to believe that those aren't your parents. That's ridiculous, right? And then if I said, well, I don't know. Well, who's your real sister then? Well, I don't know who my real sister is, bro. I just found out I was lied to. So the same thing is true with the globe. I cannot be required to know everything about the flat earth simply because I pointed out that you believe in a lie. So that's basically it. Uh, should be a fun little debate. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, space is made in a Hollywood basement. That's for sure. Red Hot and, Chili Peppers uh, said that. Yeah, that's your five minutes, Jaron. Great. Thank uh, you. Done. Good. That was Good. pretty thorough. But uh, now Matt, he talked a lot about money, talked a lot about power and control. Um, now we're going to leave it up to Matt. You have three minutes, however long you want to uh, pontificate for, about why the earth is round. I'm all about money. I'm all about power. I've worn my uh, bona fides so I can point out uh, my space wings. My pilot wings. Colonel, by the way, not captain. It doesn't really matter. Oh, I'm the captain. You know, I want to tell you a story, actually. I'm a whistleblower. And so I was fired from Space Force. Because I was exposing political lies and manipulation. Alex is asked me to come here tonight because he thinks I'm in a debate with you, but I got to tell you a story. Uh, when I was flying F-15s, we went on a deployment from Okinawa, Japan to Thailand, hit the tanker four times, left Thailand after flying some large force exercises and went west and further west and further west until 
we got to the edge and there was a large mountain range out there. And I mean, it looked like something out of Game of Thrones, giant ice wall. And we got close enough finally. And I wondered what it was because I thought there'd just be more ocean. And um, there were signs up everywhere. Uh, you've reached the end. Turn around and don't talk about what you've seen here. We'd come back into our mission debriefs and they'd say, hey, you saw Antarctica. Don't talk about what you've seen. And so I've, until this moment, always kept that under wraps. And apparently pilots have been seeing that all over the world. No matter which direction they fly, they run into a large, icy mountain range. Um, spooky stuff. I don't know, really know what goes on out in the mountain range. But um, I'm here to blow the lid off the whole thing and tell you I don't care about money or power. I'm telling you that uh, we're surrounded. Icy mountains. Flat earth. Sorry, Alex. Well, Matt, no, it's funny you say that because General Admiral Byrd, the first person to explore Antarctica, actually said something similar, that he did see ice walls. So, Jared, I'm just saying, you, know, you say ice walls. I know you're being a little sarcastic, but, Jared, okay. who's General Admiral Byrd again? What, is he, what did he say about Antarctica and all this ice stuff? Just that he found some other land back there. But, I mean, he's also a Freemason, so I don't know if I'd really put too much he stock in what he had to say. Okay, let's, that's Supposed a good topic. Wait, Jared, that's a good topic. Let's start right there. Now we can go back. That's your opening statement. Even though we're here to talk about the shape of the earth, it takes people to lie about it. Matt, I'd like to start off by, I guess, asking you a question. I'd like to hear some back and forth. What do you know about Freemasonry and all of the astronauts that went to the moon were all Freemasons? What do you say about that, Matt? My grandfather was a Freemason. I'm going to get a little more serious. This isn't the uniform that we wear. Uh, I've watched some of Jaron's videos. Jaron, I've watched some of your videos. I think you're sincere. I'm sincere as well. I'm an honest person. You and I have a different worldview, okay? Um, I think that whatever we get a chance to get into tonight for, I mean, don't I look like a serious person? Look at me. Jaron's no, actually having fun. Into, we can have fun. Jaron's laid back. Whatever it's we fun. get into tonight, I mean, we're going to have like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to talk. I'm happy to show up for two hours and have a conversation with you about this. And I want to point out up front, this is a little bit unorthodox. This was this was advertised as a debate. My globes are almost falling over. I hope that's not a, a bad omen or a symbol. It, it's this, it's I think that there's some common ground that you and I have. And and you're trying to recenter the earth as a kind of center place, as a part of a cosmology that provides meaning, that re that that reestablishes uh, a god rela uh, human relationship, and I, I I don't disagree with you on that. And I think the materialist, godless, scientific community does lie. In fact, they practice a science that's very much religious in nature. And so, you and I probably have some commonality on things like uh, Big Bang cosmology, which I will challenge any day of the week. In fact. Uh, but but what? there are some other sides. And Alex, if you'll give me just 30 more seconds Go, here to, take to your give time. a serious yeah, thank you. Uh 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 thought. Um, you know, some of the books I've got these globes stacked on. And by the way, I think you're having an impact on the world because I went to three stores looking for these globes before the show and they don't sell them anymore. So I think you're influencing uh <laughs> the, the the globe the market. market. Yeah, oh, my so, work is done. My, mine is all my my globe is all written all over so i didn't bring that globe here's my point i've got isaac newton's principia mathematica here uh written at the end of the 1600s early 1700s i actually read this stuff because i'm very interested in cosmology 
I'm interested in the science, but I, but it's all incidental to a kind of religious worldview as well. And so I'm, I very much appreciate the need to recenter that relationship, and in a very real sense, in a kind of metaphysical, philosophical sense, in a, in a, in a literal way, the human heart, the earth, is at the center of all things. The science community can demonstrate, though, the heliocentric model, in my view, I don't think that's up for debate, and so it's not I'm not interested in in really debating that that much. It's kind of your newer, so to speak, model that is on trial, not the spherical earth. Uh, earth. Isaac Newton says in his Principia Mathematica, "I'm not I'm not teaching you anything new under the sun. Everything I'm teaching you about celestial mechanics and uh, about this heliocentric model, which we credit uh, to Copernicus and to Johannes Kepler, he said it was known to the ancient Chaldeans two thousand years before Christ." Uh, if you read Johannes Kepler, I've got Kepler's works on my desk here, um, which and I love Kepler. Uh, and if you go and read these works, by the way, it's not just the quotes that the scientific community will give you. In fact, these people are like Jesus-loving religious zealots in a, of a sort. I mean, they really were driven by their view that, hey, God is central, and so let's figure out our cosmological worldview. Kepler said the same thing is my point. He said, hey, I'm just rediscovering what was known in history I'm I'm telling you that this heliocentric model that Copernicus and I have kind of been recredited with, that was known to the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Chaldeans. The modern scientific world won't tell you that stuff, but it's in their writings. I could point out the page number. Uh, and so we have some common ground here, even though we've got a very different model or approach to understanding our cosmology. Well, no, that is that for a serious well, note, too. And Jaron, I want to get, let you rebut that. But that is true, uh, uh, Matt, the, the Big Bang Theory, how a lot of what they tell us about science, like that it's, you know, a fact. I, I'm, you know, at least you're being, you know, intellectually honest. So, Jaron, you have to give him that. I, I respect Matt for that. Yeah, no. Now, Jaron, please rebut or, or, you know, say whatever you'd like. I'll give you two minutes or First three minutes. Ask, did you know about Edwin Hubble? Edwin Hubble's the one that, you know, yeah, basically shift. brought. Right, which is now is being refuted, is being uh, torn apart, that that's not what's actually going on. Because when you have that Doppler shift, it's because in uh, in air, a car's going by you or a siren's going by you, right? It, the sound compresses and it stretches. But in space, there's nothing to do that to. So they treat it the same way. They treat light like it compresses and stretches, but it doesn't. So the speed of light would be the same in space all the time. So, I mean, right there is your um, problem with, with Evan Hubble saying that the universe is expanding. And he also said... That he had to stay away from the absolute horror of a unique position, meaning that he had to stay away from the Earth being at the center, even though he said it can't be disproven. It can't be shown to be incorrect observationally, but he said, but we have to avoid it at all costs. So that's why they went with the expanding universe and it's, you know, everything's on a balloon and we're all being blown up. So basically our entire science is just based off of some guys who really didn't want the Earth to be at the center. And observationally, it is in the center. So uh, let me ask you one thing, though. So you talked about Copernicus. Do you did you get told the story that Copernicus uh, submitted this book on his deathbed? No, I've read Copernicus's works. He's a no. He, he's a very serious. You know, I don't remember what I was what I was taught about this stuff. I'm uh, autodidactic. I've in my adult life decided to take these topics on and understand the sciences. Uh, now I've spent more time with Kepler and Newton, to be honest, and Copernicus predates them. Uh, but he's he overlaps with Kepler a little bit. Uh, let me address yeah, one thing though, Jaron, because you make sure. you make a good point, and it's that we've arrived at a Big Bang cosmology because of a certain observation for which we had no viable or uh, for which we had no 
decent alternative explanations at the time that the, this redshift was observed. And so, hey, it looks like things are speeding. There's a recessional velocity. And so everything's moving apart from each other. It must be the case. Therefore, there had to be a starting point. There must have been a tremendous explosion. And, and so there's a kind of, there's a belief system that went into the standard cosmology of, of, of the present day. You're right, that is being challenged. I agree with you in that. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, there are other explanations for that. I think plasma cosmology, plasma physics has uh, a much larger role to play in understanding the universe. I think, uh, electromagnetism does quite frankly. And wow. to your point, the, the, um, the, uh, you see, there were forces in the ancient world that they couldn't, they didn't have our modern vernacular to, uh, to, to, to describe things for us as, as a modern person. Uh, so they used words like fire or light, for example, we use words like electromagnetism. We had talked about plasma we have a whole vernacular that's, that would have been unfamiliar to the ancient man. But the bottom line is we, we've got emerging paradigms right now that are trying to explain the various anomalies in the standard cosmology that have been so apparent for the past couple of decades. I think that modern physics, especially theoretical physics, it's kind of a garbage bin, uh, frankly, mm -hmm. uh, but even the standard cosmological model is on its way out the door and they sense that. And so there are purveyors of the standard cosmology who are very interested, just like a religious priest is interested in retaining every argument they can to fill the gaps that are appearing in their model. So they have to invent dark energy. They have to invent dark matter. They invent a big bang. All of that's on its way out the door, in fact. And any honest scientist is telling you about that. But but I'll tell you that I have a, a different view. I've, I've watched the Earth from 30,000 miles up, not in the capsule. I was teasing about these space wings that I've got. I mean, I sat in a classroom for two months to earn those space wings, and I worked very hard to get them. Unlike what I got my pilot's wings, I was up in the air domain. But, you know, I've talked right. to astronauts who are on the ISS while they've been on the ISS. We've launched things into space, uh, and I'm happy to get into all of this later. And then I've done an infrared space-based missile warning mission from geosynchronous orbit. And uh, we use orbital mechanics to put those things there. And I can tell you about the speeds of those orbits, that they are quite literal. And I've seen the Earth uh, from from those uh, those altitudes. And uh, I'll tell you that China, you know, when you get into military, political, uh, geostrategic competition as well, every great space power on the Earth is trying to exploit cislunar space right now because they see it as giving them some ultimate high ground or a grand strategic advantage uh, over their adversaries. And so they're, they're pouring trillions of dollars into those industries because they actually believe, whether or not you agree with them, they actually believe that there's an advantage to be gained by deploying robots, persons, and machinery and manufacturing uh, on orbit. Wow, Matt. Which, wait, real quick, Jared, I want to let you go. Sorry, I just wanted to just, Matt, yeah, I mean, he's he's talking about orbital, orbital mechanics. I want to get into that. But Matt is admitting that the, what they say about dark matter, a lot of stuff that you you guys actually agree on. It's crazy. So let me do. let Jared. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Jared, go <laughs> ahead. Sorry, I just had to say that. There's actually a lot of stuff that Jared talks about. He agrees that now they kind of have to keep the lie going because it's so much religious. Sorry, Jared, go ahead. No, you totally, you totally nailed it. I mean, that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of truth there. Now, you do know that the geo they use geocentric coordinates for for your so-called uh, orbits of satellites, right? You guys don't use any kind of heliocentric model. It's geocentric, right? You see, the stationary if I was gonna, in the center. Yeah, let me address it briefly. I promise I won't take long mm -hmm. on this. But if you're, okay, in the grand scheme of things, here's my model. Uh, all of okay. the orbits in which we operate 
are like so close to the earth that unless you're super close to the earth, you wouldn't be able to differentiate these. There's a swarm of bees flying around in Leo and in low earth orbit at 17,500 mm -hmm. miles an hour. There's a, uh, there's an architecture there that exists that is so close to the earth, uh, that we, we take our bearings depending on the orbit, both from the earth, as well as from certain stars, uh, because the satellite occasionally has to, uh, regain its bearings and you need multiple points to do that. It depends on the constellation. This gets very complex, but uh, I'll acknowledge the fact that if I was going to teach my son how to, if I was going to teach him the truth of astronomy, let's say, I wouldn't start by teaching him that the sun is in the middle of all things. In fact, I'd plant his feet on the on terra firma yeah. outside at night, and I'd orient him to the stars based on where he presently is. I teach him about a zenith overhead and the, and the meridian, and I teach him about the apparent motions of the observable universe. Wow, Jared. I mean, Matt is, I yeah. mean, he's very intellectually honest when it comes to space, Matt. I didn't realize you have such right. a, now I know why you so, were so high up in Space Force. You definitely understand space. I, I was mean, perpetuating the lie. Yeah. Or Jared, what do you want to say to that? <laughs> Let me, uh, well, I'll get to this, but uh, I wanted to ask if you think, is there any possibility that the things that you were putting in space or whatever could be a lie? Meaning you didn't have actual, you weren't touching these things. They, somebody far away sent it up into space and you were told it was up there and then you accessed it on a computer, right? So technically, really speaking, it wouldn't be that hard to to fake. Or are you saying it would no, be I impossible? Disagree. No, I disagree with every bit of that. Sorry. I mean, I've got hands-on yeah. uh, before it's been launched, hands-on at launch, watched things go up into space and watched our operators take these things over. And I've watched real-time. I mean, the, the the lie is so grand to be able to do the mission I've done in locked doors with windowless rooms, for a reason, by the way, uh, from ground stations where we get a signal. I mean, there there are troops that duck and cover downrange in the Middle East when uh, an Arab country lo lobs missiles uh, that are three minutes away. We pick up a heat signature from geosynchronous orbit. It's relayed to a ground signal on the Earth. Our operators are sit and trained to watch that data, pick up red phones, and make phone calls to to, to battle commanders downrange. And so you've literally got a minute and a half until this missile lands within this vicinity, so duck and cover. And we save lives doing that business. Uh, it's now I'll, I'll just tell you, it's quite the lie. It, it really is quite the lie. If if every single operator in every spacefaring nation, all the dozens of nations who are currently doing activities in space, from the scientific community to the military community, to the government civilian community, to the private billionaires, uh, it, it is quite the lie to get people to be absorbed and assimilated into a culture that is so intricately woven a lie that they would then be, be believing. Like you've got 99% at least of those people that are in those missions genuinely believing that they're involved in a grand space operation. And so it would be a very difficult thing indeed to explain everything that they experience on a day in and day out basis using your model. I mean, it'd be really interesting to see you or someone try and explain that, but you know, I've got, and this is, this is a lead into another day. Like I've got a list of 35 questions that are not silly questions. Like I've watched enough of these videos. Now, uh, there's an upcoming solar eclipse on uh, total solar eclipse on April 8th this year and um like ptolemy did two thousand years ago where he produces the almagest and there's a star catalog that predicts every solar and lunar eclipse and the, and the movements of all of the wandering stars over a backdrop of fixed stars for centuries to come i'd like to yeah, understand maybe 
maybe you guys address this else. You know, I've not, I've admittedly not spent time studying your work, but I'd like to understand, for example, how the model that you, that you subscribe to, uh, predicts upcoming solar and lunar eclipses and, um, and the relative motions of the wandering stars over a backdrop of fixed stars. Well, one thing I want to say... Uh, uh, and so that's a longer conversation for another day. That's a much longer conversation, but isn't that... I hear people talk about there's a thing called a prediction or a postdiction. If we know the pattern of the sky, aren't we just... I mean, don't we already know the pattern? Isn't that how they decide it, Matt? I was just it's answering like, that. Maybe Jaren knows better than me. But I, I want to say uh, this. I want to ask a question. Then, Jaren, sorry, I'm going to let you rebut. This is Matt. I always see these videos, and Jaren's posted these videos I saw, where NASA buys the most helium, and they put satellites up with balloons. Have you ever seen anything with a balloon in a satellite in, in your life? A balloon launch with a satellite on it? That's, that's not my... Uh, only have videos on, on YouTube talking about that kind of thing. That's not my area of expertise. I've never dealt with balloons. I just I just saw that video. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jaron. Well, the missile warning system, though, that can be done from the ground, right? We have missile warning systems up north that protect the United States from any missiles that come from Russia or anything like that, right? So they those are protected without the need of geosynchronous orbit. Or so I mean, just because you say we have this missile warning, when has that ever been used? When has it been activated? Could be something that's being done from Thule or Thule. But let me ask you this. Yeah, I've been, so, I've been to Thule, by the way. It's dark at the winter solstice. I, w I went in December 21st, uh, 48 right, hours of darkness while I was there. Yeah. But, um, right, that's but let me point out. Yeah, that's fine. And I, I'd be interested to hear the explanation for those uh, cosmic or those celestial phenomena. Let me just address the point that you bring up, though, briefly. Yeah. Wh whatever that was. Um, oh, the missile warning system. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the ground-based architecture for strategic missile warning, think intercontinental ballistic missiles, was established first and followed by the population of a space-based architecture that is used in concert with the ground-based system. And you're right, the ground-based system can do that independent of space. Now, what is it looking for? There's theater warning, okay? There's theater warning. That means relatively close by on planet Earth. When a, when, a, when a neighboring Arab country lobs a missile into Israel, we call that theater warning. And that happens, we do that warning all every week, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there's strategic missile warning, which is Soviet Union, now Russia, China, pick your grand competitor. They're lobbing intercontinental ballistic missiles over the poles in our globe Earth model. And we are picking that up by pointing our ground-based radars over that pole in the direction of those northern countries, China and, and Russia, Soviet, former Soviet mm -hmm. Union. The idea of an ICBM is that it it has a, a burning phase in which it leaves the Earth's atmosphere and goes into space on a particular trajectory, and then it burns out on that trajectory, and there's no way of changing the path of that ballistic, traject of that ballistic uh, projectile or missile. And so it will land where they had launched it to land. Now there's been quite a bit of development since the Cold War. We've got hypersonic glide vehicles, these kinds of things that skip along the Earth's atmosphere uh, and kind of enter and maneuver wherever they'd like. And that's a different conversation altogether. It's, I mean, beyond the scope of what we're talking about. <clears throat> So let Jared, me ask you this. So with Jared, Jared with, yeah. say whatever you want to say, but talk about eclipses a little bit because I know he mentioned that. Well, how do eclipses? Uh, uh, what about the impossible eclipse? They're, they're cyclic, they're, but they're cyclical, right? Uh, uh, an eclipse is they, they they were putting those back in Babylonia, so they have nothing to do with the model. It's not a matter of oh, it's because we know it's a globe that they can predict those. They predicted them when they thought the Earth was flat. 
So it's obviously that they're uh, just predicted. Here's a thought what? though for your audience, just just a teaser, because I've I've spent enough time with this now to have my own views that are like you, different than the uh, scientific community. It's my view that um, as early as four thousand years ago, enlightened philosophers, prophets, and scientists. I know again, contrary to popular scientific belief, understood that the sun was at the center of our system. It's my view that throughout human history, uh, recorded human history, the view has been that the earth is spherical or uh, is a spheroid. And it's my view. I mean, if you look at uh, if you look at the measurements of the Great Pyramid and the Giza Plateau, for example, I think it's it's evident that the builders of that pyramid. Now, and let's say you even accept the uh, the standard Egyptological um, dating, and let's say it was built about twenty three. It's finished twenty three fifty BC, twenty four hundred BC. It, it, it's it's my view that whoever built that, and we still wrestle with how they did it, uh, which is another fun conversation, had a working knowledge of the diameter of the Earth, uh, of latitude and longitude lines, and how lengthy in miles in the imperial system degrees were. Um, and the distances to the sun and the moon, and even the uh, the shafts that come out of the king's chamber and the queen's chamber are aligned to certain stars 4,000 years ago. I mean, like they had a working knowledge of the cosmos, but there's a precession. There's a precession of the equinoxes. Uh, they had a different pole star back then. Our, our pole star is different today, Polaris. Uh, they had a different yep. earth that they were in. So but there's... Now- the shafts are now pointed at Polaris, right? So we're just supposed to believe that 4,000 years ago no, no, they were no. pointed at another... Yeah, they are. They're pointed at Polaris. No, so the, these things uh, the, these things rotate uh, on the order of one degree uh, every seventy two years because it, of a processional so be, equinoxial cycle. Us, but they tell us today that they're pointed to Polaris, but four thousand years ago they were pointed at Thuban or something. That's what you have to believe. Yeah, so th- Thuban. Yeah, that you're right. You're right. Thuban yeah. is the star. Yep. Right. So I mean, everything else you were saying is kind of. Uh, you said something about the pyramids matching. I mean, that's if you do any research on that, that's just bunk. There's no, there's no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> have you measured them? In have fact, you gone I, I have a great interest in this, but that's that's almost neither here nor there. We can have different views about that. Let me let me uh, agree with you and say it's, that it's a great story. It's a great story. The pyramids match our our circumference. Like, what were the pyramids built using feet, or just <clears throat> we use? Feet? Yeah, the Miles. the uh, the imperial uh, system is, uh, is their ancient. numbers match our. We use feet. But, you know, here's here's the point. Here's the point. Was I think that you and I have some some things that really do genuinely require slower, Further deliberate, com- methodical yeah. conversation. Yes, over we need we need to make hours, this right? longer, and hopefully we can this set up. This is part maybe... one of seven. Yes, this is part one. This <laughs> Jeez, is part one because Matt <laughs> is very intellectually <laughs> honest, where he admits that there are some inconsistencies, but he still doesn't agree with you, Jaron. But but Matt, you've been talking yeah. a lot because obviously you're the you're the, have the. You're the most esteemed colleague on this panel, so we definitely want to give you the floor. But I'd like to have Jaron uh, just speak for two minutes where he can uh, say what he want to say. Uh, this has been very interesting. I've learned a lot from Matt. Very smart guy. Very smart. Matt, uh, so what do you think the reason is that we have you know, asked science to prove the shape of the Earth, to show it somehow? And so they had uh, Nat Geo did a special where they came out and did the whole thing, but they basically used an optical illusion. They completely lied, said that, the boat was behind the curve, but we saw the horizon behind the boat, so it wasn't true. And then you have the Stephen Hawking came out with the Genius Program, and we've proven that they inputted a helicopter into the scene. They completely and totally faked their evidence. Uh, you have behind the curve, we had to lie about my experiment, completely made up. 
So, so far, science is 0 for 3, 0 for 4. They're faking the proof. Why don't they just prove it? Why would it be so difficult for them to just prove the shape? Why would you lie? Why would you input? Why would Stephen Hawking input a helicopter into a test and say, look, this helicopter hid behind six miles of water. And we've proven that that's been inputted by some sort of a camera trick. So it's trick photography. And you can prove that. It's not a question. It's not a, oh, it could be this. It could be that. No, 100% proven. The other thing is SpaceX did something funny. SpaceX changed their live stream, something nobody else can do on YouTube. Nobody can do a live stream and then change it after the fact and it still be called a live stream. You can't even change your, your comment on YouTube without it saying edited. But they let SpaceX go in, mm. switch around things, move scenes around, put another box on top of another box just to correct, I guess, the historical record. Yeah. But why, why would all these things be happening in your mind? If Why would genius, why would Stephen Hawking fake an experiment to prove the shape of the Earth? Because I find those things you know, I'm really not, strange. I don't know the answer to those some of those questions. And I, frankly, I've read two of Stephen Hawking's books. Uh, I don't really like his work, although I, I'm not doubting how brilliant he was before all these funny memes started showing up in the last uh, few months. <laughs> He's a pervert. But, here, here's, guy. but I'll tell you, yeah. you know, you ask a, a good question that both of us have to reckon with, and more so you than me, and it's why would they lie, right? And And I don't know the answer to your question specifically about why they lied in those instances, but... Here's another question for you. It's, it's that why would the many thousands of eyewitnesses who have, like, I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen Earth from space through the lens of the so satellites way, that we way? put up there. And, and you're saying, well, you've been manipulated. And I'm just telling you, well, I don't buy that. I, and, I'm, and there have been astronauts who, hang on a sec. There have been astronauts yeah. who have been in space. Uh, and and here's, here's another, you know. You can be deeply convicted of something and be wrong. I understand that. I've 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 recycled my own worldview a few times. I've abandoned things that I think were false. This isn't one of those things. Uh, I'm not going to tell you or pretend I've been to space. I've not, but I think that the heavens declare the glory of God uh, more so if you understand them properly. And this is one of the uh, greatest uh, areas of interest in my life for the past 15 years, and uh, so I've studied it deeply. Uh, I'm telling you that every ancient uh, mind uh, that's respectable, who's become a classic in Western literature and in Eastern literature, uh, including Arabic wizards that no one on this program has ever heard of, they all had views uh, that the um, the sun was at the center of our local cosmos, that the Earth was orbiting about it as a, as a, as a sphere, like all of the other bodies that are observable. They also believed that from the microcosm to the macrocosm, uh, electromagnetism and gravity conspired to make all things round for some reason. And uh, that's true in biology, chemistry, and in astrophysics. Why? I don't know. But why would... What, what was it that caused those ancients to buy into the lie of a round Earth if it was so abundantly apparent to them that it was flat? Who was who well, what, was duping so, them? What what global conspiracy was duping the ancients? Who was duping Timaeus and Plato's works and Socrates and Pythagoras? Supposedly, it was that they saw boats go over the curve. Supposedly, that's why they no, thought it was they, a you know, they, That's an overly simplest. Simplistic, hey, but let me, guys, guys, repeated. we only have about ten minutes left. But no, I, you guys are doing great. I want to let you keep going. But Matt, I see that you do believe in God. Obviously, that's very important to you. Yeah. And I think Jaron would say part of the space lie is similar to evolution. They want to make you think that you right. just evolved from nothing, like we said, the Big Bang cosmology. Um, 
But isn't it Christianity? They described the firmament, and there's a guy, Werner von Braun, who was the head Nazi scientist, and they brought him mm -hmm. over during Operation Paperclip, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And when he died, he was the head of the NASA program. He put on his tombstone Psalm 19.1. And if you're familiar with that, it says, The firmament showeth his handiwork. So I, I know you're talking about all of this, uh, you're you're, the way you describe cosmology, but as a Christian, do you not believe in the firmament? Words matter, definitions matter, and I believe that men can interpret different words in different ways. If there's nothing about the woke cultural revolution that we've been watching over the past few years, it's that people like to define terms uh, as they will. So I'll tell you that Jaron has one view of the firmament, apparently, and I've got a different. It also talks about the four corners of the earth, and I'll tell you that we probably have a different view of what that means, and mine's ancient. And so, um, well, you know, these these terms have meaning, and... Um, it's it's just a matter of understanding, uh, you know. And, and here's the here's the nice thing too. Uh, I kind of laughed about the idea of debating you on this stuff, Jaron, a little bit because it's um, uh, it's I taboo. Don't want to debate about a lot it's of things. Taboo. No, I, I don't really care about taboo that much. It's um, but but because I don't like, uh, you know, I've seen Alex. He oh, likes to wear right. thongs and um, and tuck it uh, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, bathing suits. And I thought, you know, if we can't get any more out than thirty seconds one minute it's not a worthy dialogue but like um to me this is such a commonsensical reality and we've got uh we've got the technology today unlike the middle ages uh, where we can watch this firsthand and there's a real beauty in god's handiwork and uh th that i can appreciate but but what i like about you is that you're interested in reclaiming um a god-centered earth-centered cosmology and i'll tell you there's all these maps that show the earth in the center and then like these planets going around it. And yeah, I'd love to use that map to teach my kid astronomy because it me, helps orient yeah. you to the cosmos. Let me ask you this. So when, uh, what happens if we put gas into a vacuum, if we were to release a canister of gas in a vacuum, what happens to that? It goes in every direction, right? Sp spreads out because there's no pressure there. So it just goes. So no matter how big of a balloon we get, we can keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. We put that balloon up there, it's going to get high enough and it's going to expand out into space. But then we're supposed to believe that stars just do the opposite. There's no evidence of that. We've No one's ever seen uh, it. We're just well, told. That's a good, oh, here, here's a good question. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Is our sun a giant gaseous body or is it not? Or is it something like liquid metallic hydrogen? Yeah, it's probably you know, there, there's, like you're bringing up so many good points. You know, there, I think there are answers to these questions, or at least there are competing viable theories to these questions that I think are worth exploring, that I'm interested in learning about. I'm glad you're interested in learning about them. Uh, in fact, frankly, uh, you know, who's paying close enough attention to ask the questions that you and I are? That's that's a good start. But we've 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 walked different paths here and we've got a different model. And um, I'm going to be stubborn and say that uh no, I shouldn't say that. I got to keep some of my well, thoughts I'll admit, to myself. I model. But I, but I'm I, I very much model. convicted in my worldview on this on this thing. <laughs> and 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 that's fair. Okay, guys. So now what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna leave Jaron. You can have like two minutes to end this, and then Matt, if you just want to rebut it, because you've kind of said everything you need to say, Matt. But if you just want to say like, oh, one... sorry, we did get one one twenty dollars super chat for a question. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Scott Hawkins, Matt, please elaborate on your understanding of the four corners of the Earth. Thank you. for Yeah, that's a good out. question. And then to answer that question. Then we'll have Jaron do like a one minute closure, and then you can rebut him, whatever you want to say, Matt. But yeah, how do you describe the four corners? That's a uh, uh, how do you interpret that? Coming to me first? Yes, sir. Okay. Let, let me start by 
Okay, I'm going to be as brief as possible, and this could warrant a long conversation because, as Jaron is aware, it especially with the with all of these YouTube models with a Earth whirling around a Sun that's whirling around the center of a, a galaxy, it's like who can orient themselves to that? It's impossible to like wrap your mind around the cosmos. With that said, I'm going to say that it's difficult for people to get these concepts into their mind, but the corners of the Earth and any age of the earth are reckoned by the positions the, the the positions of the sun over the backdrop of fixed stars and a lot of your listeners won't even know what i'm talking about but every month the sun is traveling through a new house of the zodiac and i'm not really talking about astrology okay i know that astrologists use these terms this is astronomy stuff there are equinoxes and solstices they happen in the spring and the fall and in the height of summer, at the, at the brightest day of the year, and in the dead of winter, December 21st, uh, those specific four points and dates that fall relatively within plus or minus a day each year, the sun will rise in a particular constellation against the backdrop of fixed stars, and they stay in place for relatively 2,000 to 2,200 years. When Abraham walked the earth on the spring equinox, the sun rose in Aries. 2,000 years later, that, that's the sacrificial lamb. That's when the, la the ram is caught in the thicket for Abraham when he's asked to sacrifice his son. 2,000 years go by. I promise I'll wrap this up in 20 seconds. The sun had finally precessed through the equinoctial cycle to the next sign of Pisces. The fish, the net, Christ shows up. He gathers in these fishers and makes them fishers of men. He feeds the masses with the loaves of fishes. The things in the heavens were bearing witness of that which was taking place on the earth. And it's been a couple thousand years, and so we're transitioning out of Pisces, and we're leaving that and going into the age of Aquarius that they sang songs about a few decades ago that were kind of fun and hippie-ish. And, and, and that's occurring now, but those things is what I'm talking about when I talk about the corners of the earth. There are literally four corners or points in space and time that are fixed at certain times of the year in the earth's motion around the sun. And that is what defines an age of the earth. And so we're, we've been living in the age of Pisces for the past couple thousand years and astrologers make their bucks talking all about how that influences your love life. Well, some of it works. So, is there some sort of weird stuff about astrology? I'm a Libra. I think I'm very fair. You have to pay I, me to talk about that. I know, because that get that's kind of anti God, right? All right, now, Jaron, last two minutes or a minute, however long you want to get, and then, uh, guys, this is great. Now we have great viewership. A lot of people watching. We really need to try to organize maybe a way we can get you both to Dallas and we can do like a two hour sit down because Matt is very intellectually honest. He believes in God, so he knows that they use science to lie. So, really, I really appreciate his opinion more than a lot of these people that worship science. So, Jaron, you have to admit that we like Matt. I mean, I like Matt because of that. Yeah, totally. I would talk to Matt in the future because I'm open to new evidence. And I, I, I've i never seen anybody step forward and say, I, I've seen this from space. And then maybe I know you don't work for them anymore. But if I could ever right. have somebody actually show me that. <laughs> I've, I've never seen anybody actually do parallax distance measurements. I mean, you've never done that. You just take what they say is true, right, as far as distances to the stars. And, I mean, trillions of miles is pretty ridiculous to think that we can just see trillions of miles magically through uh, polished mirrors. But uh, yeah, I don't believe that. So I'm open to talking about it. I think that the four corners is if you do like a plus sign, which is north, south, east, west, there's four corners inside there. People just think of corners as something different than there's four corners inside of a plus sign. So it could be that. Um, and then, you know, 
talking about the seasons and things like that, you were just talking about just to bring this up. Uh, you know, this is the kind of the model that we go off. This is the flatter sun, moon and Zodiac clock app. You can get this on the app store and, uh, you can see where that when the sun goes to the inside track, that's when the North has its summer. And when the sun goes to the outside, that's when the South mm-hmm. has its summer. It makes way more sense than the heliocentric model, which actually says that the sun is closer to us in the winter. So they, they say that the sun is 3 million yep. miles closer to us in the winter, which is crazy. The sun I understand is what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And just want, I'm not going to rebut this at all. I'm just going to say I understand what you're saying. That is a weird okay, one. Good. Okay, Jaren. Uh, sorry, uh, last minute. Yeah, well, it's difficult that's to conceptualize. That's right. And I'm 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 interested in talking to you more because I would love to hear what you what you mean by you saw the Earth from some sort of satellite because the satellite's going to have to send down data, right? Not images. It's not sending photographs. It's sending data that has to be processed by a computer and then output to show you. So I would just ask who who is doing the pro who did the programming of the computer that processes those images. I'm assuming it's not you. So you are taking data given to you by somebody else and saying, this is Don't a picture of the Don't sell me short, Jaron. Don't sell them short. All right, guys, guys, this has been a great conversation. Jaron, wrap it up because we got to go. i got to do an ad read yeah. before we go. Matt, we're going to talk to you guys again. And I'm telling you, All Matt right. is the All best, right. dude. Matt, thank you. Info, Such Matt. an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Go ahead, Jaron. Yes, very honor and privilege to talk to a Space Force commander. But yeah, give me your information and I'll look you up and maybe we can uh, talk a little bit. All right, guys, Jaron, tell them where they can find you, support Bye. you. Jaronism, that's uh, everywhere. It's all over TikTok, YouTube, Rockfin, everywhere. And uh, yeah, the Earth is flat, and the globe is a uh, storybook, story, t- story tale. Uh, that's about it. What does this say? Believes Earth is flat. All right, just making sure you got to double check on the. Hey, yeah, uh, sometimes he puts the N word down there. All right, now we're just kidding, Matt. All right, Matt. Thank you. Tell the people where they can find you, support you before you go. Uh, MatthewLomeyer.com. Guys, everybody uh-huh. go support Matt. Matt is a badass lieutenant colonel. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt. All right, guys, that's been our show, Flat Earth Debate. Joe VT, is the Earth round or flat? It's probably round, but... No, it's not round! It's not freaking round! Oh, you think it's round? Let me show you what's freaking not round. This computer monitor Jesus is not... Does that look round to you, Joe VT? Does that look round to you? Look at this, it broke the damn it's golf club. Smart. Yeah, gosh almighty, these damn Dell computers are strong as hell. Bulletproof, right. man. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and support you. Me? Yeah. Well, me? Joe well, uh, do you want to do YouTube. the ad read real quick? For who? Uh, Sarah. Ah, uh, Sarah's show? Listen to me, mother truckers! <laughs> Sarah Gonzalez got a new show called Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. If you don't watch the show, I'm going to come to your house and... Well, I can't say that. I'm going to come to your house. <laughs> I'm going to queef on your roast beef, all right? So if you don't want your roast beef queefed on, go support my favorite person in the world, Sarah Gonzalez. At Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube.com. Make sure to like and subscribe. And if you don't, I'm going to get pissed off. I'm going to break this damn monitor. Oh, finally, it breaks. Ah! Got real glass in it, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, no. So it's actually pretty quality stuff. Where, where can the people find you? Joe VT Fishing on YouTube or on Instagram. But don't go TikTok. to that. Go to Sarah Gonzalez first because they're going to know this. <laughs> oh, and Cash Brew Coffee Mother Truckers. We get lit in this bitch. Make sure to put that a little lower third, Jimmy. Uh, go to cashbrew.com. You're going to get this coffee. And if you use the code PRIMETIME, make sure to use that code. Tim's going to know I sent you. So support a pimp on a blimp. All proceeds that I make are going to a cat charity called Cat Matcher. So 
We gotta make some money, honey, for the cats. Use that code, bitch, primetimecashbrew.com. Go there right now. All right, guys, we're in the show the same way every time. Well, well, we we gotta we gotta do the one thing. Remember, we we found the we found the thing oh, about my brother. Oh, picture of your brother, yeah. Well, let's show. Like, this Joe, is his YouTube channel. You have some questions that need to be answered. Okay. This is your YouTube channel. It gets great views. All about fishing. He caught like a hundred pound marlin or some crap. It looked or a thousand pound or whatever. It looked pretty cool. Got nearly a million views, but we saw this picture. Yeah. Beautiful. Big tuna, right? Indeed. Tuna. What the hell is that? Why is your tuna on the air right there, Joe? All right, I'll go to my brother. Isn't that that old yeah. Florida head coach? No, that that's got, you. That got fired because he said he was getting death threats. No, that's actually Jimmy John, right? Jimmy Allegedly. John. Isn't that Jimmy John Jimmy from the John. sandwich shop? Yeah. I heard he's a cool dude. He is. John lives time in that. It's hard to say his last name. All right, guys. So, decide. <laughs> is the earth flat, round, globe, square, inverted, outverted? I don't know. Transgender? Who the hell knows? But guess what? We're going to have Jaron and Matt come back on and talk for an extended time. Maybe do that behind the paywall. I don't know what the hell we're going to do, but that was a great debate. We end the show the same way every time with that freestyle finale. DJ, hit that beat. <laughs> Joe BT, can't you see? Your brother is a pussy. I want to fire his candy ass, but he works for weed and gas. He is a bitch on CBD. I don't know why he likes TV. He hates this show. He is a hoe. I can't believe that bitch is your bro. He's got to go. He uses that baby. For that cow, then he likes to make the pussy shout. Ay, 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 till the day I die. JVT and Joe VT, love bitch mom, we're on TV. All right, guys, I'm a pimp on a blip. I love you. Like and subscribe. Peace and good night.